Rabbi Yosef Weiner, the Rav of Congregation Shara Shemayim in Muncie, who's spoken extensively, and he even has a series of, uh, in those days, I guess, CDs, uh, about uh, internet addictions, talking to uh, the teenagers about it, and he's spoken extensively on this issue, and it's a very great covet to have him speak for us today. I don't want to be the titer of good news. We're not going to be speaking about the internet, even though uh, it's been spoken about. You can get it in whatever form you want. It's available, and it is a, like the Fox mentioned, a huge issue of the day. What I would like to speak about is for some strange reason, not even a popular message, because it's good news. And I speak on various topics and different types of audiences, and I've come to the conclusion people just don't like to hear good news. People come up to me and say, no, it can't be, it's much worse. It's horrible. This is not to mitigate, we're talking about addictions, not to mitigate the terrible fallout of extreme cases. But as Rabbi Becker mentioned in the introduction, I think what's unique about uh, this panel, and we discussed this before, is the community has heard a lot about the horrible endings of addictions. What I'd like to speak about today is the fact that for many Bukharim, for many young women, for many adults, the ability to fix what is going on is more within reach than we think it is. A lot more. First case in point, let's take the last call I got. The Bacha called me from Eretz Yisrael. This, he said he had a Shaila too. An hour and a half later, this is on Thursday night, so it was by 4 a.m. by him. But I was very happy to be able to discuss it with him because it wasn't a Shaila too, it was really one Shaila. And he asked the same thing four different ways. Am I normal? Is this an addiction? Is there hope? What do I say by Shidduchim? I'm going out soon, that's why I'm making the call. I have to know what to do, what to think. Does he have certain issues? Yes. Is he normal? Again, he fought me on this. I insisted he was. He kept insisting he wasn't. And the moment of the conversation, I said, you called me, right? So you'd like to hear the assessment. I'm comparing you to thousands of young men and women I've spoken to. I will certify... You're quite normal. He said, do you mind this is like fixable? I said, fixable? He said, it's fixable. It's called Yetzirah's, um, and uh, you're Mekayim the Gemara, that once you're Shanabah's Hutchaloi, and Chazal had all this already, and we don't have to give everything Rosh Tevis. We don't have to put everything, and there are extreme cases, those I sent to Dr. Fox. 
But there are many, many, many people, most of us, I would hope, are B'nai Torah, young from women, looking to get married, are married already, parents, grandparents, who are just struggling with the ups and downs of life. First thing I do is I send them a copy of our Hutner's famous letter to his Talmud, who is complaining he's not getting anywhere, he's not growing, and he's sinking. And Hutner completely slugs him up, and he says, from your letter and everything you're saying, you're fighting the fight, you're winning some battles, you're losing some battles, and you're winning the war. I think this message is getting lost. There has to be a way to tell our children, our Talmudim, our spouses, our brothers and sisters, our friends, by and large, we're winning the war. It's incredible to me how much resistance there is to that message. But people are hungry for bad news, and if there's any upbeat message, you must be too optimistic. I know what's going on in the world. I've dealt with cases more severe, less severe, extremely severe. And there are tragedies, Leilainu. To prevent some of the tragedies, we have to be able to internalize a message and get the message across to others that these ups and downs are normal. There's Bechira, there's Nakudusa Bechira. Yesterday's fight, which you lost, just push the front line back a few yards, as our Desla describes it. And now you have to work hard to get back to where you were and then to go further and push the enemy in the other direction. That's considered day-to-day living. If you're not doing that, you have to check your pulse. I remember in the bungalow colonies, it goes back almost 20 years, and addiction is just the word that we use, we bandy around, it's really something we just used to. We got into a rut and we convinced ourselves of a certain position, of a certain habit. I remember walking to Minyan, the bungalow colony, that had a number of Minyanim, it was Sunday morning, that had a seven o'clock, an eight o'clock, a nine o'clock. I won't talk about the other ones. And I was walking to the eight o'clock and it's around 10 to eight and picture in a bungalow colony, you have these tables with these benches And already at 7.45 a.m. on a Sunday morning, I see two guys very heavily concentrating, very into a chess game that has been in progress for a while. So I walked by, didn't really know the fellow, and I said, uh, you know, that's real Hasmada. You guys daven already? He said, of course we daven. We don't wait for the 8 o'clock minion. That's for the schleppers. Okay. Within Zman Kriyashma. And I'm looking at the board and I asked them how long they'd been here. They said about an hour. There were two pieces that had been moved. These guys are really into it. Go to Minion, had a Seder afterwards. It's now after 10 a.m. I walk out. These two guys are sitting there. I had to make sure they weren't wax figures. Same position, just sitting here staring at the board. I take a look at the board. I know what the chess board looks like. And like two more pieces were out of place. So I walked by and I mentioned, I said, you know, you guys are really going slow. Said, Shh, I'm concentrating. I said, I see that. You guys know time minches? So I said, yeah, we have plenty of time. I met the fellow mincha. I went over to him and uh, we'll call him Yossi. I don't remember who he is. Maybe he's sitting here. 
Why don't I said, you know, it's incredible. Where'd you get the, this flash, the power of concentration? It's incredible. I said, when'd you end the game? He said, about an hour ago. About a 10-hour chess game. I said, who won? He said, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. So he's in a bad mood already. I figured I'd pump him up. I said, it's amazing. You could sit for 10 hours and thinking of your next move. So he chuckles and he said, uh, let me tell you something. You don't know me. When I was in the yeshiva, by 6th grade, certainly by 7th and by 8th, I had convinced myself, my rabbi and my parents, and anybody in between, that I couldn't sit and concentrate for more than five minutes. Does that sound like a familiar story to anybody? And I went to Masifta, um, I struggled through, got the first year based medrash by Pesach's man, said more like two weeks before Perm. I was out already, got a job, 18 years old, and landed my first job. And you know what? I couldn't concentrate. Of course I couldn't concentrate. So I don't know what my Havamina was. I went from job to job to job. Then I was about 19 and a half. I got married. Baruch Hashem. We had our first child. I'm now 20, 21. And I'm still bouncing from job to job. And I realized, you know, these diapers are expensive. And I realized the first time in my life, I want a family, I want a large family, and uh, this isn't going to pay the bills. So, uh, sounds like an interesting story. I said, what'd you do? He said, I got my next job. I said, what was it? He said, I became a day trader. The last thing you want to do with a personality, you look off the screen for about a minute, you can lose a million dollars. He said, yeah, when I gave in my resume or lack thereof to the boss, he almost left me out of the office, but I begged him for a chance. I sat down, the first day was painful, wouldn't begin to describe it. I forced myself, I said, I gotta pay the bills, I need a job. A day became a week, a week became a month. I actually got good of it and I actually trained myself and forced myself to sit in front of the screen from 9.30 to 4. Not a break, not a bathroom, not a call, not a piece of chewing gum. And actually became quite good, and I make uh, Baruch Hashem a very nice panasa. So what happened after that? He said, after that I realized, I'm now 22, 23 years old, I realize I've been lying to myself and everybody else my entire life. I convinced myself, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th, 11th, that I'm not cut out to learn because I can't concentrate. And then I realized that this addiction into running around and having a good time and never forcing myself to sit and focus. Again, I'm not speaking to focusing or not, whether it should be treated with medicine or not. That's not what this is about. This is about a Ben Terra who realized, Baruch Hashem, that he can concentrate as long as he wants if he needs to make money and he needed to make money. And then even more beautifully, he realized that if he can concentrate for this, he could sit down and learn for a half hour, which he never did ever in his life, and then for an hour, and then for two hours and three hours. And he said, you know what, I love chess. I said, really? When did you start playing? He said, after I held my job for a number of years and I got back into my learning for recreation, I concentrate for hours on end at a chess game. What's my point to the story? Point to the story is that there are many, we'll call it, 
mid-level to more minor addictions that we all have. And we convinced ourselves that we're addicted, so we're putter. It's an easy escape. And what I tell everyone, including this last bacher who called from Eretz Yisrael, I said, where are you learning? He told me where he's learning. I said, very nice. What are you learning? We talked a little bit learning. I said, um, seems to be um, you're quite good at this. He said, yeah, when I'm not getting into trouble with all the other things, I uh, have a very nice uh, first seder. I said, you seems to be you're holding a learning and you're holding a Yerushalayim and you're making this call which took bravery. That means you really want this. So he says, yeah, but I'm addicted. I said, you're not addicted. You got yourself into this hole of the Yetzirah in a few different areas and we're going to climb out and we're going to put in safeguards and we're going to have a mentoring system and I got in touch with this Harusa and with this Rebbe there. And this is, I wouldn't call this particular case the norm, but it's within the range. He said, I don't need to go to a psychiatrist. I said, I sent some people. You're not one of them. Do I need medicine? No. Can I ever get married? I said, absolutely. I said, let's see what we do between now and Pesach. We'll discuss whether you're ready to go out now or you need one more Zman to get on track. I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation with people. I've had young women who naturally, uh, quite often less of an addictive personality in terms of the Yitzhah boy, but still there in various ways and uh, various applications. And again, the same Chad Gadya. I'm not getting married. I can't get married. This is not going to work. I'm addicted. I can't get out of this. Avdesla clearly outlines in most of his themes what the Nekudus of Bechiri is, where the battle goes, and how to fight the battle. And the Chatzkel was fond of saying, in a very stark way in Ishmuzim, that what a from person, a from basically well-adjusted person, you'll say it's an oxymoron, well-adjusted with discussing with addictions. The answer is yeah. That's, for most people, they have what they're calling Averus and Shanaba Hutraloi, an addiction. It is an addiction. Haskell says, it's often for from people a function of Yerushalayim. And if you know you have a chayv kaddish to do something, you're going to be pushed to get it done. And if you know something is really awesome, you might not realize how awesome it is. You might not realize what a chayv this is. Somebody once came to the stipler, said, I have no cheshek to learn, and uh, I just don't get it together. The stipler started screaming at him. He says, I also don't have a cheshek to learn once in a while. But you have to learn. So I have no choice. So often, the answer to these addictions, again, not the extreme cases, they're cases where physically the body gets used to something and you need rehab. But here we're talking about Averas. We're talking about people get into a rut and they're convinced I'm Potter now because somebody gave me a label and instead of learning more Musr and learning what a Chayv Kaddish these things are and what an Isra these things are, it's easier to pati yourself that I'm addicted, it's not my fault. Chaznish was once talking to a person. This person was taken to him by Yankel Galinsky. He tells over the story. He had a friend who went to the war, and he was shivering Kalim after the war. And he basically had Yish, which is the biggest addiction. I'm giving up. I'm a nobody. I'm a yitzluch. I'm a loser. And life is just going to continue as it is. That's an addiction. 
Sie sagt, kannst du das Chaz nicht? Ich muss doch schon mit Shabbos zu fällen. Die Yeshiva sagt, Chaz nicht? Nobody can help me. I went to the war. If you saw what I saw, nothing's going to work. He says, come to the Chaz nicht. Came to the Chaz nicht. Chaz nicht sat him down. And he said, uh, do you ever learn a Yeshiva? He said, yeah, once upon a time. Sounds like a different world. Feels like a different lifetime. But I did learn a Yeshiva. He said, let me tell you an interesting Shiloh for him. Yitzhak Achanan. There was a lady who was traveling on business. A Hilika Tzadikis helping her husband. Her husband was sitting and learning. And she was the Aisha Schayel. She went twice a year, probably to Leipzig, to uh, buy all the wholesale and come back home, sell retail for the next six months. She took all the money from the last six months, got to the city, and turned around. The money was gone. She didn't know what to do. She was going out of her kalim, understandably so, as Panosa for the next six months. And somebody told her, why don't you go to the rover of the city? Maybe he has an Eitzah, he'll announce it. He said, ah, I'll go. Went to the rover of the city, so I'll announce it in shul. Announces it for a couple of days during the Yerid, and believe it or not, a fellow walks in, a from guy, and he has a bag. So the rover says, I don't believe it. He found the bag. He said, yeah. Rebbe, I'll take the psak. I just one disclaimer. I'm not that from. I keep mitzvahs. I don't want any chumras over here. And I learned, once learned the yeshiva, and I learned Eilim Metzius. You see this bag? It has nondescript bills in it. No simonim. So whatever the psak is, I know there's a lady who lost her life savings. I just want to know what the din is. You're allowed to ask for that. No chumras. The Rav sees the man holding bills, no simonim, ladies, hysterical, and no chumbras. So if you're a Rav, what do you do? You send it to somebody else. So he sends it to, probably took a few different stops, landed by the Pesach Adar. And the psak was that the fellow cannot keep it. He said, well, I can't keep it. There's no simonim. She had yish. Yeah, she had Yish. The only problem is Mashakanti Isha Kanabaila and the husband's in a different town. He doesn't even know she lost it yet. And it's Yish Lamidah. She can't have Yish. It's not her money. And therefore you gotta return it. The fellows listening to the Khaznish says that's a very interesting psak. What does that have to do with me? The Holocaust, my family who was lost. Chaznish told him, very straight and to the point, I understand that you had Yish, you gave up on life. I'm here to tell you it's not your life to give up on, and you have no right to have Yish. That woke him up. I have no right. I thought getting depressed is one of the few things that we have the luxury of doing whatever we want. That's our prerogative. It's a free country. I can't be depressed. I can't have Yish. I can't give up. What's the world coming to? Chazni said, if you have Yish, you can't perform in your Avedis Hashem. You won't learn. You won't get married. You won't raise a family. Usser! Avyanka Galinsky says he walked out a new man. Why did all the other people not get through to him? The answer is nobody told him that this is a chiyuf. They said, look at the bright side, and, you know, people have gone through the war, and they're not so sad. Chazni said, you're from... This is Yishalom Das. It's not your life, not your body, not your talents, not your kalim. 
you have no right to give up. And as we sit pampering ourselves, I'm addicted and I'm good at this and I'm not good at that and I gave up, it's Kadai for us to remember this Chaznish and to pass it on to our children and friends. It's not ours to give up. And these things, for the most part, are not insurmountable. I'll close. Rebecca, you have to uh, make a longer session next time. I have too many of my I'll close with one heartwarming, not a story, heartwarming notion to keep in mind as we work on ourselves. And we get our children to work on themselves and our friends. And it's a Chaim Velazhener, which is somewhat well-known, but Be'ez Chazar, if you've heard it, and if you haven't, put it in your pocket and tell it over, certainly to your children, because they would want to know this for their children and their grandchildren. Chaim Velazhener wants to know why the mission of his parakeh, Mishnah Beis, and when you look this up, look it up in a Mishnayis, because I've had people call me and tell me that their Sidurim have a different printing. As a matter of fact, um, okay, I won't say which printing house it was, but uh, <laughs> just listen to this one. This is the correct version. Ten Darius that aggravated and angered Hakarish Baruch Hu Kaviyachal Shakala Darius Yimachisin Abon Achevi Aleim as Me'amabul Asarah Darius Minarach Ad Avram Again Avram without any last name Ladia Kamerach Ad Lefanov Shakala Darius Yimachisin Abon Achaba Avram VeKibol Olav Sarkulam That's Mishnah Beis Mishnah Gimel Asarah Nisyanis Nisnasa Avram Avinu Olav Shalom VeAmad VeKulam Ladia Kamachibasa Shalabim Avinu Olav Shalom Chaim Velazhner and Chaim wants to know why is Mishnah Bey's Avram without the Avinu and Mishnah Gimel Avram Avinu. And he says such a crucial yesoid and such a, a push that we should at least have Rahmanas and all our future deris. We want to be lazy, be lazy with yourself, not with your children and grandchildren. And the yesoid is that the reason why Avram Avinu and Mishnah Gimel is called Avram Avinu is because by passing his tennis yenis not only did he get himself an incredible chalik and alamhaba and the schus of being the father of all Yidden, he was matbea in the DNA of Klai Yisrael that when these ten Yisraelites would come up, they would have it a lot easier. And he says, who we have what we consider unlettered Jews. Nobody's a pashari, especially if the wounds of the Hashem. But throughout the days, Yidden, who were not big, biggest Tamid Chachamim, not Lamed Vavniks, and when the Crusaders came... 99% of them were willing to give up their life. How do you have that? Where did they learn this? And it says, Avram Avinu put it in the family DNA. He says, you have people sometimes get up and with mysterious nefesh, they move to Israel. Where did they get this from? Lech lecha me'yatzacha. Ukehenu kehenu ten nisyanis would give us a path that we still have these nisyanis, but they're a lot easier. Next time you think about giving into an addiction, understand you're taking the easy way out. For most people, you have to learn more Musar to understand how Usar it is. In today's day and age, you can't talk about Gehenna, you talk, can't talk about Ganadin. I had a conversation with somebody. They said, Ganadin, I don't know, I never thought in those terms. Gehenna? Okay, we have to tone it down. We all know that. But understand that the Schaiva Einish 
And if you don't focus on that, you're not going to be motivated. Understand that the gift that you can give to your children and grandchildren, the biggest gift besides a warm home, talking to them, creating an atmosphere, is when you're Miss Gabra and then you're selling yourself and you stop thinking that you're addicted and you can't be helped. You have put them on a pedestal, put the grandchildren on a pedestal, put the great-grandchildren on the same pedestal. You have now given them an easier path to these same Nisianists so when they face them, they might pass sometimes, they might fail sometimes, but they will pass more than they fail, and they will never, ever consider themselves addicted and potter from fighting the fight. Thank you for listening.